Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Culture Cast. This is EXP Culture Cast, which is EXP's official diversity, equity, and inclusion podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Cody Gilkison, Senior Manager of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And my special guest today is Miss Carly Fink Maddox, one of my favorite people, the co chair of the Healthy Mind Collective, our mental health 1EXP resource group. And today we're going to be talking about holiday blues and uh, what it can be like. You know, everybody's got struggles and mental health stuff in the holidays from anxiety to maybe grief and sadness and, you know, all that stuff. So uh, welcome, Carly. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. For anybody that hasn't met you, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. Um, so I am also staff with EXP. I've been with the company for five years and I'm the director of global transactions, um, as well as the co-chair for um, Healthy Mind Collective. Um, I have a huge um, passion for mental health, all things mental health. Um, I'm a yoga instructor. Um, uh, I lead a lot of meditations uh, for EXP. Um, and so, you know, it's a lot of stuff with this holiday blues is coming up and I think it's important for us to talk about and, um, you know, deal with our mental health and the holiday blues that we have. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, you know, Carly, Carly, for me, you've always been someone who I think, uh, is able to, manage your work-life balance really well and and maintain that focus on your personal to keep your mental health strong. And I really admire that in you, right? You're somebody that I look up to in that stance. You know, there are times when I'm like, Carly, I need you to do this. And you're like, I'm having a bit, you know, like whatever, like I'm, I'm doing what I need to do to take care of myself. And that's beautiful. I wish more people had that power to, to say that, you know? Yes. It's great. So I wasn't, I wasn't always like that. <laughs> yeah. So what was, tell me about, tell me about that. There's, it sounds like there's a story there. Um, I used to be the biggest people pleaser. Um, I still have those tendencies, right. That go that way. Um, and I just would, yes, yes, yes to everybody. Um, mm -hmm. and I was so overwhelmed and stressed out all the time that I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't even enjoy anything anymore. Um, I had no time for myself. I had no time for my family. I wasn't present in anything that I was doing because I was thinking about all the other things that I had to do. Um, and I had to do a lot of work on myself, um, a lot of self-reflection um, to really see the patterns, right? That I would say, I'm going to say no to, I'm going to say no this time. I'm going to say no this time. And then I'd get face to face with them and I just couldn't bring myself to say no. So then I'd say yes. Um, and I just, I did the work. And the first time it was literally the first time that I said no to somebody, it felt so empowering. Like, and the person wasn't even upset, right? I was so worried that they were going to be upset at me and, you know, not ask me to do something again or, you know, and they were totally understanding. And I was like, I've been creating all of this in my head, right? And it's most likely wouldn't even have been a big deal. So I've been creating right. all this stress for myself. Um, and so I really, 
really think it was just the courage for the first time to turn something down. Um, and now, you know, I know where my limits are. I know what I can handle and what I can't handle as far as work. And, um, yeah, so I just, you have set boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think that, you know, any, any good manager, we've talked about this before. Uh, if you tuned into our, uh, ADHD panel, uh, you know, any good manager is, is willing to give their employees the, the grace to know that they're going to be able to get the work done in the time allotted, maybe not following the exact steps that were given. Right. And maybe not like some people can get all that work done in, in two hours and then space out for two hours and come back for two hours. And they did the same amount of work as somebody else did in six hours. Right. Yep. So, yeah. So let's talk specifically about the holiday season. There's a lot of societal expectation of joy, right? It's right. in, it's on everything. Like, <laughs> I feel like at my mother-in-law's house, there's like hand towels that say joy and like, right. you know, everything is joy, joy, joy. So how can we as individuals like navigate and cope with that unique challenge of the holiday blues when there's that expectation put on us? So do you know what is so funny is that literally yesterday um, I walked into from upstairs to the living room and it was just it was like 11 o'clock, you know, Tiffany was sitting there working and she just stopped and she said, I just feel really sad. And she's like, I don't know why. She's like, I just feel really sad. And it's, and I feel like I'm not supposed to because it's Christmas time. It's holiday time. Like there's so much happening. Everybody's so happy. Um, but I just, she's like, I just feel sad. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, just because like that everything is happy around you doesn't mean that you have to feel that way as well. Um, you know, and I think even, even us as people, right. Like, so just in her head, she felt like she was wrong for feeling sad mm. at this time. And I'm like, regardless of what time of the year it is, what season it is, we are allowed to feel our feelings and be valid in our feelings. And we're allowed to feel sad during these times, whether you have a reason or not, right? Or we're human. Sometimes we just have emotions for no reason. <laughs> That's it, right? And you know, it's it's kind of it's your party. You can cry if you want to, kind of deal, right? You know, yeah. like nobody can stop you. No, no, no amount of specialness of a day or a season or whatever can stop that. And it only is going to make it worse if you deny that or give yourself a sense of shame over it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, but I think that for you know, we've talked about this before. What it was it? What did we call it? There's people that are positive, right? Um, and happy all the time. And then there's what there's like, but they understand also people who are not like that and negative feelings. And, but then there's those people that are like happy pushers, right? Like what did yeah, we call like that? What do we call that? Positivity. Well, toxic, po yes, that's what it is. I couldn't think of what I was trying to say, toxic positivity. Um, and I think that sometimes, especially around this year, a lot of that comes out, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you can't like, you can't say anything bad about Christmas. You can't have negative feelings right now, negative thoughts right now, because it's just supposed to be happy, happy, happy. It's joy everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's not the case for honestly, a 
probably most of America, right? Or yeah. and not even America, most of the world, right? Yeah. Um, and sitting here talking about it, it sounds like something that's crazy, right? But then mm -hmm. it's not unrealistic for somebody, you know, I think maybe all of us have probably heard, you can't be sad during Christmas, mm -hmm. right? You can't yeah. be sad, it's Christmas. I know. <laughs> Put a smile on, you're going to get a present, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, and I'm sure that I've been guilty of saying that to somebody, right? Like I 100% sure I've been like, oh, you can't, you know, like wipe that, you know, mean face off. Like it's, don't be a Grinch, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, don't be a Grinch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think we just have to, as people be conscious of it, um, and just know that everybody is going through different circumstances and yeah. way that we feel and that we think is not going to be the same for everybody. So I think, especially at this time of year, we have to give people more grace. Yeah, we really do. And let's talk about some of the triggers, right? Like some of the stuff that could be going on in somebody's life. Cause I always, I always believe you never know what's going on in somebody mm -hmm. else's story. Right. You're not the main character of their story, right? No. So, like, what are some triggers that can contribute to those feelings of like sadness and loneliness and, and anxiety in the holidays? Um, well, family, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have a um, I have a friend who is she is just not herself right now. I mean, she just is flying off the handle about everything and just being super emotional and, and like irrational about things. And I was like, what is going on? And then I realized that she just lost her father recently, a couple months back. And she, this is her first year now with no parents at all. Cause her mom passed away a couple years ago. And so I should have realized, right, because I've been seeing her posts on social media, like old Christmas videos from when she was a kid of like her family. Um, and so right now she's just super triggered because she's this is her first Christmas with no family. Right. So yeah. talking about any kind of family get togethers or like I'm going to my parents, you know, this day, then just that's a trigger for her because she has no parents left. Right. And I mean, it's not it's not like I shouldn't be able to say that. Right. But it's also, then I have to understand why if somebody doesn't respond well to it, that it's because it's a trigger for them. Right. Like yeah. they're, they're going through, you know, their first holiday without their parents. Um, I think a lot of the family-ness, right. Of, of this holiday in particular, um, is hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. who don't have relationships with their parents or don't have parents at all, or, you know, just or live really far away. That's my, yeah, exactly. A decade, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think anything right surrounding family is a huge trigger for people. Um, mm -hmm. I think also there's a lot of parties around this time, right? So a lot of alcohol um, it is very triggering for people as well, right? Because they go to these parties and everyone's drinking and doing all of these things and they're not. And it feels very lonely and isolating. Um, yeah. So. Um, and, you know, I also would add to that, I think, you know, for folks, a lot of a lot of time financially, the holidays are tough. 
Oh yeah. Right? You want to get what your kid wants. Um, you know, particularly for parents financially, it can be rough because there are folks that really break the bank on Christmas, mm -hmm. right. And go above and beyond. And there are folks that do as much as they can. And then the purse strings are tight, you know? Yeah. Um, and all of that creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of expectation. Yes. Yeah. You know, you always see people posting these times of year um, about like, remember, <laughs> not everybody's Santa is the same, right? So your kids go to school and they're like, oh, Santa brought me a, I don't even know what gaming systems are cool these days right, like um, a playstation 5 yeah sure okay yeah and then this kid over here is like oh well santa brought me socks you know so yeah. um it's always for us for me at least santa brings the brings little things you know like maybe something a book or you know something to wear things like that and then parents grandparents things like that get any get bigger things um, yeah. so I think it's always, that's fair. Yeah, that's good. And I think we have a really toxic expectation around Christmas from just watching television in the Christmas season, all of the ads on kids TV are for expensive things. And then we see ads like jewelry commercials, right. With women getting diamond bracelets and all this kind of stuff, or, you know, the, the famous one, a car with a big red bow on it, which right. is crazy. Right. And then kids have in their mind, I could get something comparable to that. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it crazy. Is. Yeah. Too much, um, too much media, Yeah. too much materialistic things in the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which well, that like you know, consumerism is a it's a big trigger. It's a big it's a big trigger. You know, it is. I could feel it in my gut. You know, there was a time when me and my husband had foster kids, and we were definitely living paycheck to paycheck at that point. You know, and people think that that foster income is you know just oh we're rolling in the money because we're getting another income, but like it is not all that. It's enough right. to feed them, and that's about it, right? Um. So when Christmas rolls around and the ads start coming on TV, every time one comes on, you get a knot in your stomach. Like, please don't say you want this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'm a big, big believer. And I think even kids like it up to adults. If you do a well thought out, potentially made by you gift, it's not as expensive and it's something they'll remember forever. That's I'm kind of a, a more personal touch gift than a big expensive gift kind of person. Right. Absolutely. Or you get your bang for your buck. Right. I would hit Black Friday, Walmart and yeah. get they have those gigantic stuffed animals. Yes. Right. And then you can put it in a box that's the size of their bedroom. And yeah. they're like, oh, my God, I got the best present ever. The secret sauce of that is that stuffed animal was $20, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. But they're like riding the dinosaur around the house and like, you know, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah, you got to think smart with finances on that. So the other piece of this, right, and I think this plays into the triggers, but what about the role that social media plays in exacerbating our holiday blues? And where can we like strike a healthy balance between being too connected um, in the holiday season? Yeah. Um, I mean, you've, I've already used the word social media, I think, 10 times since I've been talking, right? I've already, because that's 
the life we live these days. We're all attached to our phones. We're all attached to social media. Um, we all, you know, have these ideas of what our holidays, our lives in general are supposed to look like. Um, and we all know that that's fake, right? We all know we can say that as much as we want to, but our brain doesn't always rationalize that, right? <laughs> um, so I think it's very, and I do this already because I want to be present with my family, but I literally set a timer on my phone for my allotted amount of scrolling time, as I call it. Um, because so, you know, and I, I work until, because I do work global, I, you know, kind of take a little break sometimes in the middle of the day and then I'll pick back up, but I shut down. I put my phone aside. I do not touch my phone typically from six 30 to seven 30. I know it's only an hour, but it is an hour that after we eat dinner, it is completely dedicated to my family and we don't turn the TV on. We don't do anything. We play games. We, you know, read a book together, you know, even if it's, and if you're by yourself, it's still taking that time for yourself, take a bath, find a new book, read the book for, you know, read a book, put on some music and just dance, do whatever you want. But it's like finding that time where you shut it off and just focus on what's important to you and what you have in that moment um, I think that that helps us stay grounded and not focus so much, at least on social yeah. media. And, yeah. and it gives us time to be grateful for the things that we do have. Right. Um, yeah. I, and I, and, I mean, social media, just like we're talking about watching stuff and ads and stuff is even more toxic for folks and for kids, particularly around the holidays. I know when we had our kids, it was, constantly the only things they would watch on youtube were i hate to say this don't you know don't cancel me spoiled children opening just an insane yes. amount of gifts they would yes. be sent you know they get contracts from the toy companies who then mm -hmm. send them one of everything of the new line and they yep. open them and they play games with them and blah 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 and it's utterly unrealistic right but Absolutely. that's what the kids are looking at Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, you got to be really careful with social media and kids that are too young. And what a lot of people don't realize, YouTube counts as that, yes. right? YouTube One. is a much more insidi insidious form of media for children than network television is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think that for people that don't have family um, or like you said, they do have family, but they're too far away or something find, you know, I don't, I want to say find your group of friends. And I, I, I don't want to bring religion into this, but if you're religious, find a church, find, you know, a group of people. Like we have tons of groups of like, on, on social media that you can find that are specifically for people that are alone during the holidays. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're, they'll have like meetup groups or they'll have like, like this, well, they'll get online and just talk to each other virtually. Yeah. Um, but find 
something that is going to make you not feel so lonely. Yeah. It's, you know, and whether it's reading a book or watching a marathon of your favorite movies, or, you know, even if you're like, don't want to go out and meet people, if you're an introvert, just doing anything you can, that is going to bring you a little bit of peace and not feel so lonely. Yeah. And I would actually flip this around also so we can see it from the other angle. If you have in-person friends that you know might be struggling with loneliness at the holidays, it does not affect your holiday or your pictures or whatever is in your head to invite them. Absolutely. Right. I come from a family that when we had a new neighbor in the neighborhood and we knew that they were isolated from family, they were at our house on Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. Right. Christmas breakfast, like the most sort of sacred family time, invite those people in. And even if you're not all year friends with those people, you've now made a connection with somebody and made a difference, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that is really important. Know your circle. You know, it's tough for us because we work virtually and so often we're really far away. If I was lonely at Christmas, I couldn't be like, Carly, can I come over for Christmas? Because you live across the country from me. Right. Right. But you do have that in-person circle of friends and and you just got to be aware of those kind of things when you're talking about the holidays, particularly like we said earlier, if you mention family and somebody takes a oof, like takes it tough, right? Extend the invite, right? Absolutely. Check on, check on your friends. Yeah. Even the ones that seem okay. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. My mom, we, <laughs> my mom is, notorious for having random people at all of our events, Thanksgiving, Christmas, anybody, because she has always been that person that is like, Oh, you're not doing anything. Come over. Right. And honestly, it puts you in a situation where uh, it's kind of the opposite of what we were saying about, you can't be sad on Christmas. It actually makes it hard to be sad on Christmas when you're around a family who's happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about cultural and like societal factors that contribute to the holiday blues and how we can build awareness around that. So, you know, we've got a whole swath of intersectional identities here at EXP, right? Mm -hmm. We have 14 resource groups. All of these people experience the holiday blues a little differently, but I think let's touch on the ones that we know, right? I think both of us can speak from a queer experience of holidays, right? I think for me, you know, as a closeted gay boy, Christmas was weird for me, right? Because I come from a place where my parents really wanted me to be something that I wasn't. And even before I came out, I wasn't, right? And um, Christmas always felt like Um, a time where my parents would drop all that and just love me. You know what I mean? But then it brings a sense of dread, the after, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we're just going to go back to this. Why don't you have a girlfriend? Why aren't you playing football? Like, (laughs) why don't you want to come work in the auto shop? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's, it's, 
it, it was it was rough as a kid. And then, you know, when I was older and they didn't accept that I was gay, um, it's weird for me to bring a, my my husband home for the holidays. Right. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where we could go and everybody would be happy. They would even give him gifts. Right. But we really know that they believe my marriage is something that was inspired by Satan. Right. <laughs> I mean, in a quite literal sense. Yep. And that, you know, I hope eventually Cody will get over this and marry a woman, right? That's that's the undertone, no matter right. how much love there is. So that's a whole set of new sort of cultural factors that play in on my on my side. What what about your experience with that? Um, well, so um Mine was, part of it was, I used to always get, I was never like a super girly girl growing up. Um, I was more of a tomboy and mine was always, I would get, you know, Barbies and like dresses and things like that. And I'd say, I know this isn't what I want to play with. This isn't what I want to wear. Um, and, you know, that always continued on. But then when I did come out, it was the same thing, right? Like this is just a phase. And I, I did not want to bring anybody I was dating to any family events because I didn't want them to get, I don't want to say attacked. Right. But, um, I didn't want them to feel any of the negativity that I was getting. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was a long time before I brought anybody home to any of my family events. Um, for fear for myself, but also for fear for them as well. Um, and it, it probably wasn't until I always say that my family dynamic and relationship changed when we had Remy, um, because it was more of like, if you want to have a relationship with her, then you will respect my marriage. You will respect that she has two moms, that we are both her parents. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like that's where the uh, relationship shifted in my family is when I had Remy. But, in, you know, and then I had a whole different set of things when I was um, dating um, uh, someone that was Black. Right. And mm -hmm. my family was always fine with it. I was New Yorkers. They don't that like that didn't bother. I have um, I have, you know, black people in my family and mixed cousins and all kinds of things. It was my um, it was my dad's family who was very um, who had already made racist remarks before they were you know, country from the country and would make comments that I was never comfortable with. So I never wanted to bring um, them around that side of the family ever um, because it just, I wasn't going to make anybody else. I was not going to make them feel uncomfortable or feel yeah. like they're, you know, less than because that's not the case for even though, you know, they're, they're just ignorant. Honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, the, the person in the world who's closest to me other than my husband is my 
half sister Ariana, and she's half black. And my family is very weird about her. Like she can't mm-hmm. stay in the house. She might steal or objectifying her body in a weird way or, you know, questions about her yeah. hair and the, the particular tone of her skin color. And like, it's, I, I try my best to not put her in those situations. Right. And that's another sort of cultural societal factor that I got, I can talk about here is I'm adopted. Right. And I knew I was adopted growing up. So I always, the holidays, I don't know what it is about the holidays that would make me wonder where my biological family was and what they were doing without me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then as I grew up and, and met my biological family, then it, 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 became something where I, I I want my sister to be with me and she's lives really far away, you know? So that is always the very, very top of my mind. I always think about my sister not being around me and then the rest of my family. And then, you know, to some degree, Christmas also, I don't know what it is about this season for me. I don't know if this is real for everybody or you can relate to this, but I think about the people I've lost. Right. Even if it's not my first holiday without them. Yeah. Or even if we never had the holidays together. Um, it's it's a time when you think about those folks, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have any sort of like success stories or a personal story of how you or someone you've known has sort of overcome these holiday blues? Um, I, so just, I'm going to go back to Tiffany really quick, just because yesterday, right? Um, so I'm a person who doesn't ever like to, don't, doesn't really like to talk about my own feelings, but I love to talk about other people's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) So, right. So when she was saying that she feels sad and I'm like, you know, then my like therapist hat comes on. Well, tell me about that. Right. Like, no, just, I was trying to just ask her if she can find where she feels that sadness is coming from. Right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that does help. Right. I mean, cause if you're just trying to like push this, these feelings away, it just is going to store it somewhere else that then mm. you're going to have issues. So if you're feeling the sadness and the loneliness of missing your family, um, the friend of mine that I was just talking about, um, she has been, I kid you not, nonstop re-watching these home videos from when she was, a, when she was a kid with her family, like, and the happy times. And while we, yes, we think about it and it's sad. It also is like very therapeutic and very, makes her feel happy because she looks back and at all of these amazing times that she had with her family. You know, she had 30, oh, 30, she had 45 amazing years with her dad and, you know, 40 amazing years with her mom. So, and she's just watching these videos back of everything. And it's like, you don't even remember these memories sometimes. So it's bringing up these old memories that you would completely forgot about. And then it almost brings like that happy feeling back, you know, from that time. Um, 
So while it's a little sad, it is also making her, it's making her feel happy. Yeah. Um, and I actually have a little bit of a pro tip around that because it's something that's a spiral that I go down. Um, I'll point out the situation that happened this year, right? I lost my dog this year mm-hmm. and it really affected me in a way that I didn't know I was going to be able to get back up from. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, was looking at internet articles about I'm obsessively looking at videos of my dog. Like, what can I do? And every time I press play, I sob, right? And then somebody had said, if you watch those videos with someone else and explain to them all of that emotion, like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is the first time we gave him a dog blanket and he ran around like crazy. And you see this little noise he made and like, like that. But then even if you don't have somebody to watch them with, narrate them like you've got somebody sitting next right. to you yeah right and sometimes saying out loud why watching this video is important can help you process that and move on yeah absolutely. Right? So the next time you watch it you're not just <laughs> and i don't know why i'm crying right mm-hmm. it's just awful right um so that's just a pro tip for me it really worked for me yeah absolutely But I think also just in general, some other tips is doing a lot of self-care during this time. Mm -hmm. Buy yourself something nice. Mm -hmm. Watch your favorite movies. Indulge in your favorite dessert. I think it's taking care of yourself during this time is the most important. Yeah. Right. Talk to your therapist, you know, or if you don't have a therapist, find a therapist. There's so many right. online res- online resources at this time. Like right here at EXP, we've got the Calm app. Exactly. Right. Use yeah. the Calm app. I mean, I kid you not, we use the Calm app so much. Um, my daughter yeah. has it on her iPad, and she listens to the stories all the time. I'm really hyped that they just told us we're getting access to Noom, too, by the way. But that's another story. Yes. I think that's going to help with my depression a lot when I can shed some of these pounds. <laughs> Right. That's another thing, right? Is I was going to say exercise. Exercise. Every single time I go to therapy, my therapist is like, what kind of exercise have you been doing? Because it is such a contributor to your mental health. It really is. And it really is a big contributor to what we're not talking about here. What we failed to mention is SAD, seasonal affective disorder, Mm -hmm. right? And that has to do with not being able to go outside because it's cold Mm -hmm. and then your vitamin D levels go low, which is a chemical way to make your body depressed and fat. Right. (laughs) Right. And all of us go through it, but we have to find those other things we can do other than go take a walk. If it's too cold or put on a coat and galoshes and go anyway. Right. (laughs) Right. I have Um, the, I'm literally trying to find it. It's, I think it's under my bed. Where is it? Look at me. I'm like going everywhere. <laughs> I want, I think Tiffany took it down. But we have literally, we have this, um, this light therapy thing that is, that gives you, that's like supposed to be the same as like the sun, right? Mm-hmm. That, and it was like $20 off of Amazon, but that we specifically use this time of year. It's light therapy. 
she probably take it downstairs because we use it every day during this time because we both get seasonal depression. But That's then I, it is, it's just this little thing that you can plug in and it's just like a little light thing. And so um, we love that thing. We also bought an under the desk treadmill. Okay. Those are popular and it's they a way to do it popular. while you're working. I bought one for not expensive on Amazon. And then I was really mad because then after I bought it, I went on Marketplace and found the same one on Marketplace for like $30. That's oh, yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? But I. And it's so much more exercise than what you remember 10, 10 years ago or so when everybody was sitting on a yoga ball, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's better exercise than that. I promise. Yeah. I use my under, what they call, it's a walking pad. That's what they call it. I use it all the time when I'm in meetings, I use it, but that I am not walking fast. So I can literally still type while I'm walking on this, but I was sitting down for so many hours a day and now I'm just walking on my treadmill and I, I do, I feel happier. You know, I finished my day and I'm like, oh, I walked five miles today. Yeah. <laughs> It, it just makes the me the only time I, I me and Lee used to go to walk. We go on walks when the season is right and we can go outside and do our walks. We love to go on walks. But now we've got two puppies that we have yet to leash train, and the time to do that is now when it's winter. So that's not great. But uh, the most I walked this year was the XP on honey. That was yeah. cool, girl. <laughs> yeah. See, I have to take my dogs for a walk every day, and. It does not feel like, for me, it's not like, oh, it's beautiful out. Let me go walk the dogs. It's like, I got to go walk. The tour, yeah. Yeah. Because one of my dogs walks amazing and the other one, oh, like it, it does, like, it it makes me angry to walk them almost because she's the worst walking dog ever. (laughs) So my therapy walk is now on my treadmill. There you go. There you go. Whatever you got to do, put on some jams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my sort of happy place. Um, I recommend to anyone, if you listen to music and you like music, vinyl records still exist. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like the feeling of lying down on the floor <laughs> and listening to a vinyl record. Yes. Right. Yeah, the music overcomes you in a way because you kind of had to work for it, right? It's yeah. not like stepping your headphones and playing on a treadmill. You know what I mean? Which is great in its own way because that's your exercise and that's yeah. your thing. But for me, this takes me to another planet. Yeah, right. That's an out of body experience to lay down on the ground and put on Alabama shakes and have my moment. You know, mm-hmm. I also think something really, really important for me is a disconnect from reality. I like to, uh, I have an Audible subscription and I listen to books that are fantasy. So they're not from this world. They are not real. They are not, you know, they are, let me be transported elsewhere for a little while. And I listen to that in the shower and I listen to that in the car anytime I'm driving by myself. That helps me immensely. Other than that, first thing in the morning when I wake up, I go deal with the dogs and then I sit down and I play video games for an hour or two hours before I ever start work. What? I, seriously, because I wake up pretty early in the morning. The dogs get me up. I'm usually up at six or so. 
But um, yeah, I, playing a video game, it's, it's such a good way to detach yourself from the world for a minute. And that helps me level set so that when I can come back into the real world, I don't have all of that jumble of, oh, my mind's been racing all morning and now I'm going to dump it all on you on my first meeting. Yeah. Video games make me stressed. Well, you're playing the wrong video games. No, it's because I just, I'm just like, my whole body moves with it, right? And my shoulders <laughs> are up like this. I just, I look like you need to play Minecraft. I look something calm. Play, um, play uh, Animal Crossing. There you go. I do like Just Dance. I play Just Dance with Remy. Just Dance is a great workout. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, great it's way. It's super fun, too. It's super fun. You get to look like an idiot for a yep. minute. It's fantastic. I always loved those games. Yeah. Yes. And I do the opposite in the morning. I have my coffee. I write in my grateful journal. Sometimes I go take a yoga class. <laughs> yeah. But still, the thing is, you are not during those times focusing on what you've got to do for the rest of the day. You're right. focusing on exactly. you, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a really, really lovely episode. I always love being able to talk to you. Like I said, you're one of my favorite people at EXP. Um, if, if anybody wants to learn more information about diversity, equity, and inclusion, you can check out EXP DEI on Workplace. Um, please subscribe to the Culture Cast for more episodes like this. And please check out the Healthy Mind Collective on Workplace as well and join and follow. And you'll hear a lot from Carly and a lot from a lot of really cool people in that collective. Um, as always, stay tuned to our One EXP newsletter that comes out on the first and third Wednesday of every month. You can just find one EXP on Workplace and see that every time. We usually post that in every resource group, too. So if you join any of those, um, you can find it there. Um, and with that, we'll leave you. And I uh, give Tiffany a big gay hug from me. <laughs> and uh, here's a big gay hug to everybody in my audience. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us.